morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 18th of July, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Alexander Peterson. And I'm also joined by Thomas Kaflisch, who's going to update us on the latest twists and turns in currency markets. And the Q2 earnings season is underway. I'll be speaking to Leonardo Palandini about this later to get his thoughts on what to expect this time round and some of the results we've seen so far. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Helen. So perhaps you could start by rounding up the action in the US markets yesterday, please. In the US, the S&P 500 was up 0.4% with tech, financials and industrials outperforming. The Nasdaq 100 was also up by 0.9% and the Dow Jones closed up 0.2% higher. In Monday's US Treasury trading session, two-year Treasury yields fell, ending down two basis points, and the 10-year yields falling down three basis points. And following on from that then, how are Asian markets looking this morning? Asia-Pacific markets are mixed as China's sluggish recovery prompted growth forecasts to be cut. In Japan, the Nikkei 225 is trading higher and China's CSI 300 is down 0.2% this morning. While the Nifty 50 is higher overnight, the Hang Seng is down 1.9% and Australia's ASX 200 is also down 0.27%. So you just mentioned China's sluggish recovery. There's been some more news on how they're trying to cope with this, right? Indeed. China has unveiled an 11-point package of measures to support household spending on items such as electrical appliances and furniture in a bid to combat the economic slowdown. The package includes measures such as encouraging home renovation, providing subsidies and discounted loans for low-carbon building materials and increasing credit support for household goods. The announcement of the package was well received by traders, although some banks have lowered their growth forecasts for China this year. The National Development and Reform Commission has also hinted at further measures to support consumption. Okay, thanks, Alex. And in terms of the latest developments in China, you can hear more about what this all means for emerging market debt from Dario Messi on tomorrow's podcast. But Alex, what about in commodities? Can you give us the main news there? In commodities, West Texas Intermediate gained 0.4%, trading around $74 a barrel. Gold is trading at around $1,960 an ounce. And I've seen that U.S. lenders are planning to overhaul their capital rules. What can you tell us about this news? Yes, U.S. bank regulators are set to unveil plans next week for a sweeping overhaul of capital rules, with the latest draft including requirements for big lenders, residential mortgages that go beyond international standards. The changes would be part of the U.S. version of global accord known as Basel III, which followed the financial crisis. The plans are due to be unveiled on July 27th by the Federal Reserve, Federal Deposit Insurance and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. And in specific company news, the Microsoft Activision merger has, of course, been in the headlines. What's the latest there? Indeed. So the saga continues and Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are nearing the finish line on their $69 billion deal, but aren't likely to close it by today's deadline. The companies don't plan to walk away from the deal and will continue seeking the final regulatory approval needed for closing the deal. The potentially missed deadline underscores the sway held by EU regulators in the UK, one of the biggest markets for Microsoft and Activision games and consoles. And just lastly, Alex, what's coming up today? What should investors be looking out for? 
And looking ahead at the rest of the day, attention will be focused on U.S. retail sales and industrial production figures due to be released today. Earnings season has also kicked off and companies due to report today include Bank of America, Novartis, Morgan Stanley, Lockheed Martin and Charles Schwab. There are many more companies due to report today, but these are just some of the names. And that's pretty much all for today's Markets Wrap-Up. Thank you, Helen. Back to you. Very good. Thank you very much, Alex. Now, Thomas, good to have you on the show this morning as well. I really want to get your thoughts um, first on the US dollar. Would you say the recent decline in the dollar has come as a surprise? Good morning, Helen. Well, not really. We anticipated that the dollar would face pressure, but we are somewhat surprised by the extent of its weakening prior to the summer holidays. The dollar has broken through significant support levels against nearly every currency regardless of whether they offer lower or higher interest rates than the dollar. This broad-based dollar selling confirms the weak dollar trend, although it is challenging to find a fundamental justification for the down move. The lower-than-expected consumer price index numbers at the beginning of the dollar decline last week merely affirmed what the market had largely anticipated. And do you think the dollar weakness is going to continue? Ah, I'm not so sure but I would advise against fighting the current downtrend of the dollar. While the dollar may be oversold in the very short term, only a move below 110 in euro dollar, 128 in cable, or above 142 in dollar yen would question the current dollar downtrend. For those looking to buy dollar into weakness, a US dollar accumulator or a bullish tariff are offering very attractive levels. Okay, and what else is happening this week then that's significant for currency markets? I think the most significant economic indicator for the dollar this week will likely be today's US retail sales report. Additionally, also the UK's inflation report on Wednesday is important. Speculative long positions on the pound have now reached levels not seen since 2014. And back then, the pound traded at 170 against the dollar. However, it subsequently experienced a decline that lasted two years and reached levels below 120 before it turned around again. So caution is advised. Apart from these developments, the currency markets are expected to remain calm as Federal Reserve speakers are currently in a blackout period ahead of the Fed meeting next week. With that, I wish you a successful day ahead and back to you, Helen. Great. Thanks a lot, Thomas, for the interesting update. Leonardo, let's move on to you now. So the earnings season kicked off last week in the US. Um, How did this start? What have we seen so far? Good morning, Helen. Thank you for having me, first of all. At this very early stage, the second quarter earnings season for the S&P 500 is off to a strong start. Both the number of positive earnings surprises and the magnitude of these earnings surprises are above their 10-year averages. However, the index is still reporting its largest year-over-year decline in earnings uh, since Q2 of 2020. Expectations are for a 7.5% decline in earnings at the index level year-over-year. Although if we strip out oil and gas companies, the decline is much lower at 0.8%. Overall, only 6% of the companies in the index have reported actual results for Q2. And of these companies, 80% have reported actual EPS above estimates. And in aggregate, companies are reporting earnings that are 8.8% above estimates. 
And of these companies that you're referring to then, there were several US banks reporting last Friday. What have we seen in the financial sector so far? Indeed, some large US banks have presented their Q2 results last Friday, and we will see Nordic banks also following this week in Europe. Among the large US banks, JP Morgan stood out thanks to its stronger net interest income growth and raising its guidance. However, JP Morgan is not a good read across for US banks in general, where we expect negative revenue growth trends, particularly at the regional banks, which are seeing a faster erosion of net interest margins. Large US banks' interest income might recede by year end due to declining margins on, on, on rising deposit rates as US clients switch to term deposits and other alternative higher yielding instruments. Overall, with uh, regards to the financial sector, we continue to prefer European over US banks, given the upside to current conservative earnings estimates. We also see less pressure from deposit rates, cheaper valuations, and a higher shareholder cash return. Just finally then, what's the outlook like for corporate margins? Do you think we'll see these deteriorate further? Well, we think that margin pressure resulting from disinflationary trends is old news by now. Uh, the pace of margin deterioration has seen some deceleration in Q1 already, and mentions of weak demand fell, showing some signs of stabilization. We do not expect further significant pressure in margins, as there remains a low incentive for companies to lower selling prices, given the resilience of the end consumer. Also, uh, core goods inflation has accelerated in Q2, which suggests weakening pricing pressure may be easing for many companies, where margins have been more correlated to core goods CPI than the headline CPI. Okay, great. Thanks very much, Leonardo. Good to get your thoughts on this. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guest this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Bernadette will be back and she'll be speaking to more of our colleagues, including Dario Messi from Fixed Income Research, as I mentioned earlier. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.